Man, we've been talking for damn near damn an hour. Before you showed up, one of my guy, I did something that I typically don't fucking do on this particular podcast. What's I that? came in and I gave our boy a wonderful compliment, absent of the typical backhand slight. I gave him a full-blown, heartfelt compliment. And you know what this motherfucker did? Here comes the backhand. You know what this motherfucker did? <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> immediately crushed. Immediately was like, "All right, where the bullshit coming from?" I was like, "Man, brothers can't even show each other some love." Without you expecting me to come in with the side jab, Listen. I did have a side jab. But, but, he did. That's yeah. what I'm saying. This, nah, but, nah, this, the coordination, uh, the, the coordination is ill today, fam. I always, I appreciate it, bro. I'm just saying, you know what this dude is like, man. I'm always I mean, waiting for other shoe to drop. So, I mean, I mean bro, you're even coordinating. You're actually coordinating with your chair and the whiteboard in the back. I'm done with both of you guys. Is that is that blue ink on on the whiteboard? Yes, yes, it is. Oh my god. <laughs> We've been talking for damn near hours. Do folks even know who the fuck we are? This is the this, this is a black special podcast. Sunday episode of yeah. In the Black. No, 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 y'all motherfuckers know who we are. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> in the Black podcast, what you just heard is the off the cuff segment, but we're about to jump into the real meat and potatoes of the show. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What is up? What is up? What is up? Back once again, it is the incredible In the Black Podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who know when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But let me introduce the rest of my support team. Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? It's good to be back. No doubt. L, what's going on? Good morning, everyone. If you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you follow us. You can go ahead and finesse that thumbs up button. It goes a long way. The algorithm helps to get these. You just can't be healthy for once in your life. And that's it goes a long way. Helps to get this video in front of other people that are like-minded and want to see this type of content. And of course, you can always hit that red subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next incredible episode. Also, you can follow us across social media at In The Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And if you really want to be down with the family, you can always come on over to our Patreon. I swear you will not regret it. You'll get all the behind-the-scenes content and all those things that that aren't necessarily youtube appropriate but you know we'll we'll talk about that in a later <laughs> in a later episode um this week the first thing that i want us to talk about man um harvey eugene murphy jr harvey eugene murphy jr 61 year old grandfather 
suing the parent company as a Macy's and Sunglass Hut after he was wrongfully accused and arrested for robbery in Harris County in 2022. But that's just where the story begins. Well, faulty facial recognition software is at the heart of this case. 61-year-old Harvey Eugene Murphy Jr., a grandfather, was taken to jail because the technology pinned him as the primary suspect for that robbery. But according to the lawsuit, he was taken to jail and in a matter of hours, he was beaten, raped, and then released. And now, years later, he's suing. Sunglass Hut may not have access to facial recognition software. And so the documents show that they took the video to Macy's, who then used his features to determine that he was the one that had robbed the Macy's before and identified him as Mr. Murphy. Says his client was in California at the time of the crime. Murphy Jr. eventually moved back to Texas for work in October of 2023. And he goes to the DMV to get his driver's license renewed and the police officer comes from around the counter and puts handcuffs on him and arrests him. And that was the beginning of a life-changing ordeal. Murphy was taken to jail for multiple felony warrants for the robbery at the Sunglass Hut. Court documents suggest the store employee was also prepped by the company and identified Murphy as the robber, with facial recognition playing a key role in his arrest. Murphy gave officers his alibi. It checked out, and he was told he would be released. While he was being held in jail, he was going to use the restroom. He was beaten sexually assaulted, raped. Because of the nature of the alleged crime, lawyers say Murphy Jr. was put alongside violent criminals. Three men followed him to the bathroom and raped him with a shank pressed against his neck. He was released and the case was dismissed. He is now suing the parent company of Sunglass Hut and Macy's for using the facial recognition software that led to his false imprisonment. The danger. The reason why I bring this up is that I did not know that the numbers were as staggering as they oh are. Oh my God, yes. For what? There was a, there was a study that was done. Some that years was ago. Done, yeah, it was actually done. I, I don't know who did it, but it was a, it was a federal study. Yep. So, and this was in 2019. So before you guys jump in people's ass and say this is a, a woke agenda, the Biden thing, no nope. Obama, blah blah blah. Yeah, this was Biden done during the this was done during the Trump administration. This yeah. federal study, meaning federal dollars, were put into studying AI technology and its effects on other how it affects certain demographics. Asians and African American people are almost a hundred times more likely to be misidentified than white men and white people specifically white people and white men specifically. The faces of African-American women were falsely ID'd more often in the kinds of searches that were used by police and other investigators. The only other people that get misidentified more than black people specifically are Native Americans. And the thing that catches me, that chase my ass, that burns my heart is the fact that more and more companies are going the way of AI and facial recognition software, even though the studies upon studies upon studies upon studies show that it is flawed, it is flawed, it is flawed, because those studies carry the biases of the people that enter the information into the algorithms. So I wanna just toss it to you guys. What do you guys think about the story? And ultimately, did you think that the did you think that it was that rash? Like I'm, I don't know what I would do as a father, as a husband, as a grandfather in this instance, if I was not only wrongfully ID'd 
for a robbery or a crime I didn't commit, but then ultimately was raped. The following is the views of Elgin Bailey and not necessarily held by the In the Black podcast as a whole. I would be out slaying all of these motherfuckers, man. Uh, I'm starting, and Slay, you can fill in whatever particular definition you want to go with on there. I think there's a number of factors for this. First off, AI, AI technology is built upon and races largely because the pre-existing data that is implemented in the system, that is implemented in the system by white people, people of European descent, people who hold racial biases subconsciously or consciously. That information is inputted in the bulk, if not all, AI technology, particularly facial recognition technology, that is wildly more prevalent than I think people realize. That just about everything and anything that you see nowadays has some sort of AI technology, particularly facial recognition, from you going to the ATM machine, from you being in line at a convenience store, all of this going into the surveillance aspect, it is all facial recognition software that has been inundated with pre-existing, pre or white shit has been all throughout of it. Just put it that way, right? So the idea that someone has been arrested based off of this faulty, flawed technology that is wildly prevalent is not a new phenomenon. What happened to this brother is not a new story. There has been countless stories where people have actually lost their lives based off of the misinformation via the AI technology. AI technology has a race problem. It has a race problem because this country and the technology that is built upon has a fucking race problem. So it's going to be an issue. There's literally, honestly, very little that can be done to correct this particular problem because the technology is already built and already off the ground running. There's no way to implement non-racial biases into the technology to correct it so these motherfuckers are no longer racist. It's going to be racist technology. The problem that I find with this particular story is one that we've seen with the our young brother Browder who was killed and or Ultimately, end up taking his own life. Yes, ultimately took his own life uh, because of the pre-trial detainment that we see in this particular story. This brother was held in jail for ten days before being transferred to county jail without any pre-trial arraignment, mm -hmm. largely based off of the so-called allegations of the crime that he was arrested for. So because of his crime was so quote-unquote egregious, they felt as though they didn't have to give him the pre-trial detainment, you know, thing that everybody is supposed to be getting. So he was victimized horribly in a way that I don't think that we fully comprehend. The fact that he was gang raped by a number of other men for a crime that not only did he not commit, he was nowhere fucking near. There's no dollar amount that you can put on what has taken place. 
The $10 million that he's ultimately looking to get, which he probably won't get, yeah, right, never gonna is never going to be enough to get back what he lost. He's never going to be the same person that he was in so many different ways. So while the technology is racist, it also exposes a system that is racist. It also exposes the fact that this system is unable to provide any sort of justice when this system is viewed and given the evidence that it's wrong. There's nothing in place that allows us to get what we deserve after so much of our home humanity and dignity have been ripped been away, away yeah. by something that is quote unquote being viewed by Macy's and others as a flaw and a mistake in the system. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just for clarity's sake, uh, Brother Browder was in jail literally for three years. For three years. Three years, and as a teenager, I think he was. He went in when he yeah. was like sixteen. He was in jail for three years before they finally just, with no trial, no nothing, just said, "Hey, all right, go home." Yeah, talk less of this man, and I don't think that he was even in jail for that long. To to be specific, I think yeah. ten days is a long fucking time. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. No, no, no. I agree. I agree with you saying in context to the conversation. In comparison to three years, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but for all of that to be able to happen, and Macy's, honestly, at least from the what the current reports say, they really didn't want to take responsibility at this point. Neither the Sunglass Head, of course. You know, these multi-million dollar corporations, I mean, they're going to fight it tooth and nail to say that they didn't make a mistake, even though even though they decided quite to honestly, the, that's, even though they decided to take the contract from the from the software company um, that clearly pitched to them a product that you know, they were sold on as effective, yeah. and that would, that would save them millions. Um, yeah. because these same software companies are being subsidized by other companies to make their contracts super cheap for super these corporations mm -hmm. when it comes to the bids. Um, hmm. You know, it, it's it's, uh, it's it's capitalism, you know, you know, moving along at a steady clip, mowing over people, you know. That's what it's going to um, do. And, and so in the name of so-called progress, but this is not progress. And Sunglass Hunt and Macy's have $10 million. They can write a check for $10 million. Easily. The same way that I can reach my pocket and pull out two pieces of lint they have the same thing it's they, they literally have it but they won't do it because in doing so they accept a level of culpability that is they are unable to have and also at the same time if they accept the 10 million dollars other corporations who do similar shit are looking at it saying that oh. y'all motherfuckers oh. accept the responsibility of this because this will change the whole legal landscape yeah. in oh, these situations because, going uh, forward because they had the same contract because the, the, the company they had the contract with uh, the other retailers had the same company on the contract too so they're all yeah. going to be anyone yeah. who has a contract with that software company is going to be liable yeah. Yep. Yep. anyone and you can't, you can't, you can't mess with, you can't mess with all these elite folks. A faulty product to secure to secure your locations, and yeah. that leaves you open, you know, and, th and that goes against your charter, I believe. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they all friends. Six, they all have sixty-one years old, bro. Sixty-one years old. That's absolutely horrible. Sixty-one years old. I think there will be a way to work this out. I don't, dude, I don't know what I don't know what justice necessarily looks like for Brother Murphy. I know that ten million dollars or 10, million won't be enough. 10, ten to twelve million dollars, whatever they're asking for. I mean, that's in the grand scheme of things, that's a lot of money. But for what he had to endure, though, I mean, I hope Brother Murphy is somewhere right now 
in relatively good mental and emotional health. I hope so. I, I hope so. really hope so that he is being so. loved upon currently by people around him. Yeah, supported. yeah. Say it again. Bro. I can't imagine what I he is imagine. feeling and going I can't through. Imagine it. I, I can't don't know imagine. if anybody has ever been mistakenly identified or detained by a police officer. Yep. And there is an, or, or accused. We don't even have to use police. We can simply say, has everybody's ever been accused of something they actually had nothing to do? No business doing. No business. <laughs> no business. The business. level of rage and feeling that you get when you are, no, you are innocent. And then have to be reaped the consequences of what? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. And talk less of you. You're talking for you, and we're we're talking on a, a soup, not necessarily superficial, uh, superficial level, but on a base level where you're on just a fighting base for, level, my on base level where you're actually fighting for your credibility. <sighs> talk less of when you talk about your Brother Murphy's situation. Oh my you god, fight fighting for, for his life. life, literally. Yeah, quite literally. Crush. Um, actually, let's go ahead and do L. Oh, sure. what you got next, man? Oh, man. Uh, so this story is going to take a, a, a different twist here because I wanted to have a conversation about uh, black folks uh, being in the military in general. It's a conversation that I think we've touched on on a few occasions in a few different ways. But what brought to light this conversation was just uh, particularly horrible tragedy of uh, the three U.S. Army Reserve soldiers who were killed in a Jordan uh, drone strike. Michael, the U.S. military throughout the region now prepared and ready to launch as soon as the order is given to retaliate for those American deaths here in Jordan. The bodies of Sergeant Kennedy Sanders, Sergeant Brianna Moffat, and Sergeant William Rivers will be arriving at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. There to meet them, the families of the fallen soldiers and President Biden. This as the U.S. now finalizes its plan for its multi-day, multi-target assault in retaliation for the deadly drone attack in Jordan that took the lives of those soldiers and left at least 47 other service members wounded. As I was uh, scrolling through social media, man, and this story was coming up, uh, particularly on Instagram, there was a lot of conversation revolving around black people being in the u.s military um and i have a perspective on it that uh that i will share here momentarily but what i wanted to have a conversation with because i know O was in the military i want to kind of talk about the conditioning that takes place when you enter into the military because when I saw on a lot of these social media posts were the use of language such as patriotism and sacrifice and that these people sacrifice their lives in order for America to be the place that it is, right? In a very patriotic sense. I'll share this point. I don't believe in this space and time in the world that black people should be in the military. I don't think that this is something that we should be signing up for, uh, largely because of the role that the United States government plays in their wild, imperialist, colonialist mentality across the globe. Um, we go into these other countries and we 
demolish and destroy everything that they are putting forth. We rob them of their agency, their autonomy, ultimately to gain resources and power to remain the big bad wolf on the block. We do that. We look at what was taking place in Syria. We take place. There's a number of things that we can do. We can go down that rabbit hole, not a rabbit hole. But we can go down that historical fact to see what the United States does in countries abroad uh, and have that conversation. But largely, my stance is that because of the imperialist nature, imperialist nature of the United States, that I don't think black folks should be partaking in said moves as joining the military. We've had the conversation before. It's heartbreaking that these young people lost their, well, didn't lose their lives, had their lives taken in this manner. Where where do you guys fall in the idea of black folks in the armed forces, where we should be, how do we communicate that? Just your overall thoughts on this particular subject. Mm. For me specifically, it's a hard conversation because I can't, I don't feel comfortable necessarily telling anybody else after what I've gone through to say that they should do the same. It would make me sound like a hypocrite. Mm. What I will say is that there are stark differences between being a nationalist and being a patriot. A patriot recognizes that there are issues with the place that they live and the country that they're in and want to see that country live up to the ideals that they speak about on a regular basis that they tout to their civilian base. A nationalist thinks that their place of origin can do no wrong. And I'm not under that delusion. The problem that we typically have at least in my estimation, when we start having this conversation is that anytime you dare to critique whether military service, whether there are things that we as a country can do better, you hear white and black that have this mentality that if you don't like it, you should leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is my, this is my country. Yeah, yeah. If anybody's going to be here and has the right to critique it, it should want to see it be better, it should be me. Sure. It should be you. It should be us collectively. Not that, hey, we can't call out an injustice or a quote unquote perceived injustice and then be told to be quiet. Agreed. So it's a very hard conversation to have because, like I said, people get into their corners. But for me specifically, I don't feel comfortable telling other black people that they shouldn't join the service given my history. What about your what about your son? or your daughter who decided they wanted to join the military. How would you respond to that? And to be clear for the listeners, I'm telling my daughters immediately, no, we have other options. We can cultivate other options to be (laughs) successful because that's one of the selling points, right? We know that data in in the sixties and seventies. Well, and we know that data demonstrates currently current data demonstrates that recruiters from the three major military services go to poor poverty stricken environments to intentionally enlist. It's a long history. And we're not just giving you hyperbole or exaggeration or our opinion. There is data to substantiate this claim that they are going into our communities to take us out of those communities. And one of the selling points is 
offer you don't have any other options traveling exactly. school all that school stuff. all how, these things how yes, many of are, those, how many of those little uh i'll be all you can be stations we, we see right next to a check cashing joint in the hood oh absolutely, yeah, oh, absolutely. The I mean, there's, a recruit, store, there's a recruitment station in, every, station in every hood and you, know, yeah, but yeah. you just don't notice it you don't notice yeah. it but they're yeah. all there there's one in every hood so, what would you say to your children there? there I, I've you... already had that conversation with my son, actually. I, I told him, I said, I will never tell you not to do it. I gave him the same thing. I broke it down to the same way. I said, I would be a hypocrite, too. But I know the reason why I enlisted. I enlisted because I was afraid that my grades wouldn't get me into the college that I wanted. Sure. And I wanted right. to make sure that I was... I, let, me, let me take a step back. I knew that if I got into school that I didn't... We didn't have a way of paying for it. Yeah. And I wanted a way to pay for school. Fair. Right. Fair enough. I want to put I want to be able to create a lifestyle and produce a way of living for you that you do not have to worry about that that concern that would yeah. make you make that decision. Sure. Or be forced to make that decision because forced. and all honestly, if I if I had it to do over again and I didn't have to, not saying that the military didn't change my life or that whole environment. No, 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 we get it, we get it. Sure. But if I didn't have to, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Same. But I did it because Same. I saw another opportunity to pay for school and not put that burden on my parents and be able to further myself. Absolutely. Talk less of all of the cats that I used to. Yeah, yeah. Like growing up where we grew up, recruiters were in our high schools all the time. I mean, oh, they got they got smooth from, with it. from from ROTC, yeah, man. I was going to say they got smooth with it. Yeah. ROTC is ROTC. Yeah. I was in I was in ROTC. I was in ROTC. Man, then that ROTC was so appealing. I was in ROTC too. They make it appealing, man. So appealing, man. Yeah. They, they, they made yeah. that club very appealing to a lot. Because of what ROTC yeah. does, if you take three years of ROTC in high school, if you go into the military, you go into the military. It gives you a, it gives you a, it gives you a, 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 a year a rank up. Yeah, a rank up. Stuck with that shit. Yeah. They were good. Rank up. They were good. Yeah, right. Like they I could go wear this yeah. shitty uniform for three years yeah. in order to go it gives you a rank and up. up. Yeah, but and you don't realize that that rank early, that rank up early, don't mean shit. It don't mean but so much. I mean, you get a, you get a, I mean, you get a little bit more change. You get seventy five, eighty more dollars, but then always ROTC was supposed to. E two over E one in both. Yeah. I mean, it seemed oh, like there was some benefits to it, but was it yeah, some bullshit yeah. at the end of the day? I mean, I won't say that it was some bullshit because I've, I've I will. had the opportunity. <laughs> I had the opportunity. I knew the guys that were committed. Oh, oh, trust. But that's why I said it, being involved in it, it gave me a perspective that I didn't have before. Mm -hmm. I've met some of the most interesting people having an opportunity. Oh, yeah, they were good guys, too. They, were, they weren't, yeah. you know, trying to be sergeants at 15. They were just, they were just you know, well-dressed all the time. <laughs> so i mean but like i said having that opportunity like i i just i can't i can't tell him no but i want to make sure that he knows that he has other options right, right right and that's it wasn't until i think if i'm not mistaken it wasn't until the early 90s that they stopped you know what they used to do back in the day was that as a not as a recruiting tool, but as a fulfillment tool, if you were on your way to prison, if you were on your way to jail, depending on what the crime Oh, I know was, cats who went in like that. They would have, they say, okay, well, you can either spend, do these five years, or, or you, you can, can give do five years over here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. do these five years over here. Which one are you going to do? And yeah. you're not, nine times out of ten, you're not going to take five years sitting in, in county, yeah, sitting in know. prison. Yeah, and I think well, it also and really get and get paid and then travel and you know all these do you know, yeah, you know it's wild stuff. how they come into the hood and take us out of the hood to go and have us serve 
to protect the overall larger view of what they perceive America to be, right? They, they come in to a place that they have intentionally devastated in our communities, right? Our poor communities are poor because America has a number of things in place to keep these people poor. They take us out. They give you this illusion that I'm going to bring you out of this poverty if you give me four years, but ultimately dump you in another country's hood to mm -hmm. police them to cultivate the same type of violence that you experience in your same in your community. Yeah, I mean, you like, and that was a tactic that the Viet Cong and other uh, countries, militaries, and government would use against the United States. One yes, of the things yeah. during the Vietnam War that black soldiers would found themselves is the Viet Cong would drop flyers from airplanes highlighting the violence that black people well, experienced in, yeah. in America from their own city. Why? Because black folks in the military or the military in general didn't have access to black media that they had when they were back in the mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. So they had no idea of what the black power movement was doing yeah. and all of the things that were taking place. They His were dependent really upon the Viet Cong dropping the Yeah, thing. yeah. Let's not forget, you know, Ali, that's that, that famous interview that he did. Yeah, right? that's famous he said the, the Viet Cong, the Vietnam. Never called me a nigga. Yeah, yeah. Them pennies never called me a nigga. Let's take a step further. It's not just it's not just the hood, and you know, we focus on black culture here, but it's not just the hood because I can tell you tons of poor white trash brothers that I met when I went to go and listen. Good point. Facts that I talked to is like, hey, good you know, point. there were a couple of them that was like, hey, you know, my dad served, or good if I was going to do anything, point. I'm going to enlist. But fact, yeah. this is like, dude. I, I'm literally in a trailer home in Nebraska. It's just Good me, my mom, point. and my three siblings. This is the only yeah, way that I can yeah. find to get out. I found many white brothers that was do, doing the same thing. But you thing. I know what you never found, though. I know you ain't never found no rich, upper middle class white folks in the military. And you found them in the military, but they were what? typically officers. Officers. officers they typically went yep. in with a level of control and responsibility yep i can't remember my time being in the military where i actually served with somebody who was a of a wealth in a wealth class on the same on the enlisted level mm, no, no, no i no, did no, not no, no, see no. that in the enlisted yeah. level mm. all of my officers who were able to go to the academy and all that bullshit mm. They were typically wealthy white males. Mm -hmm. They're not going into rich white neighborhoods and recruiting in the same capacity that they are recruiting us. They're going to colleges to and getting those white folks mm -hmm. with of status, of status in class and putting them in positions of so-called power within the military ranks. Mm -hmm. What does that do? That continues to funnel the same system because the military is literally a microcosm of what you see outside of the military. I give, right? I give you it's that. some I give wild that. shit that I happens, that. but on a smaller scale. So yeah, they, they poor folks, poor folks in general of any color, they're looking to get us to go into the military. Most expensive. But, but you know, at the same time, it, that's true. They are expendable. But you know, it's gotten to a point now because you know military recruitments numbers are, are down, lower than they've ever been. You know that the Navy recently just—I yep. one of our one of our folks just sent it my way. The Navy actually just announced that you now, before you used to need a high school diploma or GED, you no longer need that. For, against the Navy, you don't need that. 
or they, I don't know if they've implemented it yet, but they're they're they are they have and and, and and the ASVAB it doesn't have the same impact that the ASVAB one had. Yeah, they used to have, yeah. But you know what's fascinating? That's you crazy. can't carry a weapon in this country being of the same age of a soldier that you can carry a weapon in another country. So for all you folks who always are yelling about gun rights, are you going to begin yelling about young folks carrying weapons in other countries and other occupied territories? Probably not. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. But, you know, I just figured I'd mention that, you know. You just want to get saucy one time. I said, come come and piss on y'all stupid ass dreams. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, you, you know what's funny. Just to deviate just a little bit, uh, I've become in the mo in the past since the middle of last year, I've become more two A, and more two A specifically, not because you know I'm I'm of that ilk necessarily, but I started to think to myself, this is my country, and there's a reason why folks don't want me to have it, and if I can have it, I'm gonna have it until they take it away from me. Right. It's a right that I've, I've that I I've, I've earned being here, right? Absolutely. And so I've been spending a lot of time at the range. Oh yeah, yeah, you have just, been, man. All right, all right. Let's keep that. Let's 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 pause that. We don't want to share too much of that because I don't want people to think that you're going down white conservative. <laughs> I, I, here. And, no, you, I, and, I, and see, and this is the thing, bro. And this is the thing. This is the thing. I want us. I don't want us to address that point that because that's the that's the narrative. On. This is the this is the thing. Gun culture, at least within the United States. And specifically, more specifically on YouTube, is a very, very toxic white space. White right? male space. Yes, Go ahead. toxic yeah. white male space. That when you hear them talking, it's typically an Oof. almost an anarchist type of anti-government yeah. and all these mm -hmm. things type of thing. And I'm like, okay, yep. and I don't vibe with that. And then it's, but it's hard to find black, black gun YouTubers that are just regular cats like me and you that just they know what they're they know what they're doing blame that algorithm be, that algorithm boy it's, it's, it's you. hard bro it's it's hard bro it's hard bro and then what's even more what's even crazier is that you go to some of these gun ranges these gun oh, shops man. and if they are the in particular neighborhoods bro if they're in particular neighborhoods, you come in there and there's a certain look and attention and a and a that you get yeah. when you like, walk man, in there. Like like, in there. <laughs> that people start looking at you. And, <laughs> no, no, it's a hundred percent funky, bro. Like right now, shout out to our one of our listeners, my boy Michael Mall. Like he's been my homeboy whenever we go to the range. Like we go at least maybe once or twice uh, a month now. Like regularly, we meet up and we just shoot the shit and 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 just. Just enjoy ourselves. We try to build on our skill set. And there are other. <laughs> you know what? Um, Crush, what do you, what do you have next? I have something that I think we all have uh, we, uh, an issue. And the topic that we've all, we, uh, we, I think we've heard about since last year. Um, basically, uh, the, uh, the, literal trials and tribulations that a uh, venture capital firm uh, known as the fearless fund uh, was going through um apparently in uh september 2020 of last year the 11th circuit court granted an injunction halting the fearless funds grants pending uh, uh their lawsuit outcome 
a local organization investing in black women-owned businesses. But now, live at five, they are accused of discrimination. Well, the Fearless Fund is being sued by a group with ties to a conservative activist, arguing it violates federal law. Our message is clear. Our corporate partners stand by us. MasterCard, Bank of America, Ally Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, and many others. Surprise, but putting up a fight. Fearless Fund CEO Arian Simone speaking out Thursday against a racial discrimination lawsuit targeting the Atlanta-based venture capital firm that invests in businesses led by women of color. The American Alliance for Equal Rights claims a Fearless Fund program violates the Civil Rights Act of 1866 because they have members who are being excluded from a grant program specifically for black women business owners. In response, Simone says their work for black women is vital. Statistics show black female-owned businesses are growing but are underfunded. Fearless Funds ensures they succeed investing in black female-owned businesses like Atlanta-based Slutty Vegan. So, gentlemen, um, I know we've been, uh, you know, I know we've been aware of this and uh, of this individual and this, and this organization. Um, I, I know that injunction actually occurred. Um, it's definitely concerning to me and, uh, and, uh, on a lot of levels. I just want to see how you guys feel and what it, and what this means uh, when uh, such uh, such blatant I don't know what I don't know what the word I could put to it. It's hard not to uh, use the word evil. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard not to um, this evil um, action, like uh, you know, to 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 actually paint it in uh, paint your evil actions as uh, some protection against additional harm mm -hmm. um, when you're literally uh, prohibiting the efforts of other women in this country uh to to move forward um it's hard not to see it that way but i'd like to yeah, see what, yeah, you guys, yeah. what you guys think of this go ahead sean what do you think i first and foremost i think that it can't be understated or we'd be remiss if we didn't at least point out the fact that there has been a concerted effort across uh commercial enterprise fortune 500 companies to remove dei from their their whole makeup that effort that we saw pop up in the uprising of George Floyd in 2020, we can honestly say now that it was all lip service. It was nothing other than that. It was a way to try and ingratiate themselves with the purchasing public and find some way to get in your pockets or make you feel some sort of way. Because here we are literally barely four years, barely, not even four years yet, four years after the fact. And folks are discontinuing their DEI uh, programs, removing those um, those groups or those departments away from their companies. Black there executives was being, being uh, dropped Kicking those right. executives off. There was one DEI, there's one situation that it, it gets my, it got my blood boiling. I don't remember the, the state. I think it was in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I'll do the research and we'll make sure that we clarify. But there was a uh, school system where they were having issues with race within the county and specifically a couple of schools right so the federal government said hey we need for you to create a dei position within that school system to investigate <clears throat> or to help to mitigate what's going on in your school system otherwise we as the federal government will continue to investigate and we could ultimately cause you guys more issues, sanctions and all those other things that possibly could be levied, right? So they hired a black woman to be in that position to do the investigation, to smooth these things out. And she ultimately 
quit her job and is suing the school system because oh. of the racism that she faced while she was there. While she, she said was doing the investigation. Doing the work. And they, she said the way they made her life difficult, Miserable. just doing the job that she was being paid to do, being asked to do. She's like, I was brought here specifically for this. And the way they made her life difficult, she's like, I, I, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't take it. I had to bounce. So like I said, you can't understate the fact that this whole lip service, this changing tide, this wave that we've seen, and you see it, you see it not just from a commercial level or a corporate level. You see that in our states too. Look at DeSantis. DeSantis has targeted removing funding from colleges and schools that have DEI programs. And he's not the only person, political uh, figure that has suggested, yeah. if not yeah. implemented. Yeah. Like that. yeah. DeSantis is a piece of shit. Oh, uh, <clears throat> But I think... Standing on this, when during, as the George Floyd rebellion is taking place across the country, we began to see an uptake of uh, so-called anti-racist propaganda, agenda, books, movies, all these things, right? And we saw the invention of DEI come about, sparked largely not out of some great moral change of white people. It was as a need for me and my perspective, A, to soothe white liberals and to capitalize on the anti-white, anti-racist move that was taking place across the country. I would love to see data that demonstrates how much money corporations made off of anti-racist memorabilia, right? I'm going to use memorabilia intentionally. Regalia, books, movies, all of these things. That old girl, the white woman, Robin DiAngelo, who's the mm -hmm. author and a professor, she made millions. Ibram, who everybody loves, Ibram Kende with his... Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever. Made millions off of you it. You got to be careful, man. People might sound, think that you're you're just a hater right now. No, no, no. I'm not a hater. Ibram Kendi? You hate Ibram Kendi? Yeah, I, I, I hate Ibram Kendi. Absolutely. I don't hate him, the brother, but I hate his ideology mm. and the way he pushed this stuff. And I want people to actually look. He was able to start a think tank. And I want people to go and research mm. how mm. this think tank mm. right. has been doing and the impact and the what his impact think tank has accomplished oh, how God, those God, people God, who God, were God. giving him all the millions of dollars to fund his fake tank think tank <sighs> had become taking that money away and how no. currently he is up in arms and angry because he was not able to show any sort of data or results based off of the change and the implementation that's right. That's of right. these the DEI yeah. programs across the country. What has what bothers me the most, fellas, is how many black people were put in positions of the DEI person in prominently or predominantly white corporations, school districts, how they were giving these salaries, how they were giving these resources to do these implementations of these particular programs, but how they are now losing their job. Mm. 
not only how they're losing their jobs, but the harassment that they had to take. Not only All the of a sudden, there's no funding. There's no funding bruh, for your position. Not anymore. only the harassment, <laughs> but the social, mental, and emotional toll that had on their lives as yeah. they began to research how ingrained and deep the white supremacist culture was in those particular institutions. And even worse, the fact that they realized there wasn't a motherfucking thing that they can they do to change it. I mean, look, um, um, it's hard not to, it's, you know, it's hard not to wonder, you know, with this, uh, quashing and retaliatory attitude towards civil rights as a whole. Let me, let's just put it on the table. Um, it's hard not to wonder what black people as a whole, I mean, which is hard to conceive whether, I don't know if there's any whole when it comes to black people, um, where at least those of us who are aware and conscious of the retaliation, um, you know, what would our, what should our next move be? Do we continue the fight? Um, do we care anymore? Hmm. Um, do we, uh, or do we say, um, let's move on. Okay. Uh, this is what they want. You know, what do we want? Um, irregardless of what the fuck they want, what the fuck do we want yeah. going forward without yeah. them? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. don't want us included. Then we don't, but guess what? They'll want to be included in all our shit. Right. Yeah. yeah they want yeah. to be all up in all, all, all up in our shit. Right. They need to be all up in our shit because we fuel their shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Issa Rae, genius, being driven out her own game. Yeah. But being yeah, milked yeah. her dry. Yeah. You know, the girl has to re-up now on her own. Yeah. You know? I think I think a lot of the responsibility, honestly, and I know what motherfuckers going to be mad, I think it falls on black folks. Like, sure. a lot of this shit is our fault. Uh, we went into this this idea that somehow, some way, we can go in these spaces that have never given a fuck about us, and then change and, these spaces and change us. And, and, and again, to be clear, this is not just Elgin's opinion, but we have a full fucking four hundred years global history demonstrating how representation in those spaces does not change the overall material condition of our lives and more importantly that these motherfuckers will take a black face and put them in these positions thinking that somehow that is just a black face is enough to soothe what black folks are going through mm. and most of these times that they put these black motherfuckers in these spaces the motherfuckers turn out to be traitors to the fucking race yeah they share the same agenda with the they share the same places. agenda Progressive they're not putting black folks in spaces of positions of power that are going to do things to change but we think so and I think because that's where I fall into it. Yeah, that is our fault. Like we think it's, it's, it's antithetical. And I mean, when you think about it logically, it's like you're not going to have a person of power put someone in to help them relinquish power. Power no, has never relinquished not. power. It's right? never. never. We've but never in history there has never been a, a people of power who willingly gave up their up power, power. Yeah. to the people that they built their power upon. Yeah. There's no. We don't see that in history. 
But yeah. somehow we believe that that's we the way people who are in power are going to do it. And I don't, I fault us, but then I don't. It's that dichotomy right there, right? That, that, that situation like, damn, we should know better. But at the same time, in our suffering, we don't know better because we're just trying to get out. We're of looking our for suffering. hope. We're trying to find, yeah, yeah like, yeah, yo, that's it. we fucking that's trusted it. Obama and yeah. felt like Obama was bullshit. But a oh, while, wow, it makes sense that we trusted Obama. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I'm using Obama as a metaphor to go across the black misleadership class that falls with Colin Powell, Kamala Harris, a whole bunch of Tyler Perry, a whole bunch of mm-hmm. other motherfuckers. And I can mm-hmm. shoot all of y'all with some shots. But we fall into this position that we are in such desperate need for our plight to be changed that we will accept things that look like and give the impression of hope. And change. It's not even incremental. It's not even incremental change. It's not even incremental. It's performative change. It's performative. We we buy yeah. into that, and I understand why. And I keep telling yeah. people, man, reforms of any kind yeah, is nothing was, more than casualty yeah, fucking management. It really is not changing the causes. It's mm-hmm. literally addressing the symptoms. Yeah, none of this shit. And that's okay. I think some of that shit is okay. I think some reforms are healthy, and sh- we should have them. But if you just a reform s, that's all you are. That is a that's a fresh take from you because I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. Well, well I thought be, you were anti reformist. I thought let me let me be clear. My reform ideology is rooted in harm reduction, meaning that reforms that I'm looking for are in the form of harm reduction, which is leading to the ultimate destruction of this particular situation system. Mm-hmm. So, meaning. I'm for reforms that would help people get healthy, clean needles. I'm reform. I'm in reform because that's harm reduction. Those things are not going to change the system, nor really will they make the the system, uh, the situation even worse. What they will do is allow the people that I'm fighting for to change the system for to be able to have healthy access to the things that they need. That my reform is always going to fall in harm reduction, not thinking that reform is going to change the overall plight of our lives. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Right about now is the time when we'd like to share little words of wisdom or tidbits of news and words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. Uh, Crush, what's up, bro? Oh, not much, man. I just wanted to uh, shout out the, uh, the music industry for this little comedy bit they're doing right now. Uh, uh, you know, uh, TikTok and UMG sniping each other on Twitter or X. Um, every, everyone is, you know, artist first. Uh, you know, you're you, you're not thinking about the artist. No, you're not thinking about the artist. You know what? Both of y'all shut the fuck up because ain't none of y'all. <laughs> Both of y'all shut the fuck up. All right. I'm just all right. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> L, what's I'm gonna keep mine short and to the point. From the river to the sea, free Palestine. Absolutely. All right. You you know folks are gonna come and give you the business because they say that that oh, that's uh, an anti that's an oh, anti-Semitic crazy If they come it coming for the brother L to come up for us all free Palestine at, free Palestine all day, every day. Come through. Come on, let's go. We here. All oppressed uh, people, all oppressed peoples are across people. the world. All oppressed people are our people. Free them all. That, that is the diaspora, in case you didn't yeah, know. Free them all. Since the seventies, right, sixties type shit. My my, my father's day. All right. Yeah. 
Come on, Sean. Give us, give us, give us, give us something. Hey, to, to I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I had another news bit that I wanted to share, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, go out and uh, pick up Benny the Butcher's new album, Everybody Can't Go. Really? I, I like it, bro. And you know me, I had, I don't oh, listen. I don't man. listen to albums. I don't listen to albums that frequently. Like the oh. the the, mu- the new music that I pick up is usually suggestions from you guys or whatever. But I took the time out to like listen to this brother, and I'm like, I mean, yeah. really? Yeah. And you know what, yeah. Crush? I was coming to you to ask you your perspective, particularly the 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 difference between folks who put out music in the way that Griselda and them did mm-hmm. pre the major label deal, right? right. That the sound quality, there's a distinction, a difference between the sound quality. So mm-hmm. when I'm listening to this Benny album, I'm like, man, this sounds like a major label project yeah. compared to what I was getting. And I, I, I was like, compared man, I can't what wait. you put out before, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, man, this shit well, is different. Yeah, there is one missing out. I mean, I, I enjoy the album too. Not maybe as much as other albums I'm enjoying right yeah. now. Um, but there is one missing element for me on the record. Um, that's what? Mr. Darren. That's Mr. Derringer. One of the few yes. one of the yes. one of the few yes. white producers yes. I approve in hip hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the few. Yeah. I can dig it. Yeah, I was like, no, no disrespect to nope. what choices Benny made for the record because Alchemist and um, a, a and, and the homie the um, monster, yeah, and Hit Boy, they definitely yeah. did their thing. Oh, Hit Boy, um, solid, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I see they dropped the little three, a little three track EP too. Oh Hit yeah, Boy dropped, Alchemist. yeah, that one was yeah. unexpectedly entertaining too. Yeah, I was like, oh guys. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm riding with Conway the Machine, man. I just, I, um, I mean, yeah. yeah, the joint mm-hmm. just dropped a conductor has me. Conway is just a fucking conductor. He's different, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's if you, like I said, if you get a chance, man, go ahead and check out that Benny album, bro. It's, yeah. it's yeah. I'm surprised it's, at you, solid. man. I was surprised, brother. Oh, but this NPR like, didn't like, drop a new album this 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 week. NPR didn't come through with the, you know. <laughs> You know, I gotta listen to my uh, first things first in the morning, or whatever. All that, but <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? it's like NPR just been. I've, I've been. I haven't listened yeah, to NPR good, in, good, in a good, minute. Good. Come on over, bro. Come on over to the left. We we got space for you. <laughs> we, got, we got room for you. Get get out of that. NPR music is stupid. Crush. Where can people find you if they want to find you, bro? Man, they can find me as usual on Instagram. Let's be methods. Come, come there and check out a clip of my man uh, Sub Z, his first uh, solo performance, uh, promoting um, our project coming out uh, this spring. We've been working on, working on it for the past two years, um, and uh, everyone's very excited. It's called The Polymath. Uh, mm-hmm. Check it out. Let me know what you think. No doubt. Hell, where can folks find you, bro? Man, I got a lot of shit going on, but uh, real quick, uh, at Elgin Bailey um, on everything, man. Uh, you'll be able to check me out in the community here coming up at Cheney University. I'm part of a Black History Month panel. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to let me be up on the stage, so y'all might want to get there early. Uh, I, I asked the organizer, I was like, man, do you, you, you sure? Because, uh, you know, I... I I'm black, black. Uh, you stupid. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want you to have no regrets. I'm telling you up front. <laughs> Y'all might not invite me back after this joint, but uh, she was like, no, "Hey, I found out who you were on social media." I was like, "All right, well, I know you didn't share my shit with anybody else." But yeah, man, I'm doing that. They would have told you. They would have told They'd you. Be like, "Oh no, this motherfucker right here, he he shoots at everybody." Uh, but no, man, I'm doing a lot more of that, man. Uh, and again. 
one of the things I realized is that uh, when you go in these places and you speak what people call truth to power, it might be a one-time moment, but I'll, I'll take it any way I can get to get I there. see. I see you haven't been brought back to that church after you laid that. Oh, no, bro, I ain't been back to the church. I ain't been back to the Kwanzaa event. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> remove me off the Juneteenth uh, moderation. But all the people who go to these events, they're constantly... You know, bigging me up. I'm like, oh yeah, I understand. Yeah, okay, you know, but okay. hey, I'm what? here to disrupt shit as much as possible. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. And uh, you can find me, and I'm Big Go. You can find me on social media across across social media at mr underscore in the black. And um, I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode, man. It's Sunday morning. You guys could have been anywhere else. We know some of you guys in church. Some of you gonna listen, I know, gonna listen to this after the fact. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be oh, with us. Man. We appreciate you, man. <laughs> so, the, the Black Podcast. You know, Sunday? You know, right? Come to the congregation, bro. You can follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Make sure you finesse that uh, thumbs up button, hit the subscribe. Come on over to our Patreon. You will not regret it, as I've said a thousand times before. But as always, until next time, informed, intelligent, in the Black, in the black. black. Peace, y'all. Peace.